This is how the podcast went bankrupt. Oh no, dude. Just let, just let it get there. Because what does anybody in this league want for Christmas right now? Championship. Is a championship. You're 100% correct, sir. <clears throat> Long intro, but I needed to get us there. Yeah, you needed to have the Christmas queen. I get it. I would expect nothing less from you. But, I mean, this is what we're fighting for. We're another week down. We had some some pretty good battles. Oh, one, yeah. one a little well, bit more so than the other. But You had one battle, and then you had one battle. Yeah. It was I, it was a good week. We had, I, it was a good football week. Absolutely it was. I mean, it's the playoffs. You know, six teams came in. You know, after last week, we're down to the final four. The conference championships, you know, week ahead of our Super Bowl. It's an exciting time. Yeah, buddy. It must be nice. You and I, you know, we're not involved in any of this, unfortunately. It's, it's fucking great. Well, no, it's okay. It sucks because you're not in it, but it is yep. fun to kind of like watch everything unfold. Watch these guys go through agony, fear. I mean, I, scares. I can't speak for you, but I feel like I can speak for most people in this league. I feel like it's just a little bit nicer watching the playoffs, whether you're in or out. Just because of, I feel like, how invested everyone is in this league. Everyone really wants to, you know, win. And there's a lot of, like, extra, I think, effort. And, you know, uh, you wear your, your heart in your sleeve to try to get moves done and, you know, have the best team out there, I think. So I think it's exciting times. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this I mean, this is the part of the season where we don't really have a lot to talk about. Um, you know, the trade deadline isn't open, so we have no crazy moves to talk about. Um, so it's just the playoffs and kind of looking ahead to the offseason. So that's going to be the, the focal point of today. Uh, we'll continue the offseason previews um, for a couple teams. We'll recap, you know, what we saw go down in week 15 for the two matchups. And then, of course, you know, we got to conclude with uh, the conference championship games. Uh, who's going to take it down between the four squads we have left? Sound good, Dan? Oh, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk football. I apologize in advance if uh, a random cough comes on me. I came a little under the weather on Friday. <clears throat> I'm about 80, 85 percent right now. Uh, just a little bit of a sniffles, but I got a, had a wicked nasty cough. I mean, nothing Tito's can't fix, right? It's it's next to me and it's keeping it's keeping the if for as much as alcohol raises your heart rate, I want to think it just kind of mellows the senses though. <laughs> yeah, so so stay with me. Let's not pass out. You gotta no, I'll be good. At least, I'll be good. Gotta give me at least thirty eight minutes. I'll then I can weaken at Bernie's the last time. I'm, I'm two sips into this drink. We're gonna be good. I'll make I'll make the whole pod. Famous last words. All right. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the some off season previews. We're going to continue just with the draft order that we have for the teams uh, and how the season ended. So we're last week we recapped three teams, Steve, Chris, and Dan. And if you'll notice, those three teams all in the same division. The next three teams in the Justice in the Avengers division. Um, so start us or starting us off, we have Mr. Armand, uh, finished fourth in the league. Um, Dan, when you look at Armand's team and how he's sitting. Um, what's kind of catching your eye for the offseason for him? I like Tua. I think I think Tua is is the fun piece in this offense. But the question becomes is where do we where do we go from there? What does Daniel James Jones's next season look like? Mm-hmm. Is Daniel Jones a part of this offense that that Dabo is putting together? You know, or, no, Brian DeBull, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, <clears throat> what's this gonna look like? Jared Goff, I 
a lot of pieces are saying that they're going to go through and they're going to take a quarterback. But Goff has got this offense going. So I think we're kind of in this in-between I mean, piece. With, yeah, go ahead. For Goff, do you think – because this, this Lions offense, I feel like it's probably the biggest surprise of the year. Yes. Very fun to watch. A lot of you know great pieces. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is the centerpiece, but Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I mean, we haven't seen it a ton yet. Jamison Williams is an exciting guy. DJ Shark. Of course, there's Jared Goff. But is Jared Goff the one that's driving this forward, or is this kind of like the sum of the parts and the coaching staff? Like, oh, this is Dan Campbell. Yeah. This is this is everybody buying into this guy. But if everybody buys into this guy. I mean, Jared Goff's not a bad answer. Jared Goff is having a f- phenomenal season. 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 12 started games. 3,600 passing yards right now. He's been mm-hmm. sacked 19 times, um, and he's lost five fumbles. This is this it's is not awful one of the best. I mean, this is his third best touchdown producing producing. Um, year he is two games away from he's gonna break 4,000 yards I think I don't think there's and you know 200 yards per week I think he's over yeah. 4,000 which will be the third time in his career he's been over 4,000 mm-hmm. he's got weapons if they can keep him upright which they're doing a decent job at Goff basically just doesn't need to lose the game for people and he's had moments where he's looked rough five points against New England six points against the Giants but We've got games over 20s, but we've got games anywhere between. He's he's a little bipolar right now. If we can get him reined in, maybe. But I don't know if I like the longevity here for this 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 Dan Campbell uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah. So, I mean, like, taking that back to then Armand's team, I mean, he's got Tua, he's got Goff, he's got Daniel Jones. I mean, on paper, you, you probably don't hate that cute or quarterback core going into next season, right? You might even like it a little bit. I think there's some upside to it, there's but at the same upside, point yeah. in time, Goff is a movable piece. Yeah. So so as we look at Armand's future, does Jerry Goff finish on his roster next year? Absolutely freaking not. With it. I think there's a few if pieces. Goal, well, I guess, so what do you think the goal is for Armand's team this year? Because when we look at it, let's just start right off the bat. You look at draft yeah. picks. Draft picks, he's, for uh, 2023, he's got three-thirds, one-fourth. In 2024, he has two seconds, two-thirds, and a fourth. 2025 is when it gets a little bit better. He's got three firsts, two seconds, a third, and a fourth. So, I mean, at least in the immediate future, the draft capital isn't outstanding. There's some, but there's nothing really outstanding. And when you look, again, just bare bones like of this roster, he's got quarterbacks, he's got wide receivers. You know, we can go a little bit more on them. Um, Running back... Dobbins, I guess. Uh, tight end, your best friend, and that, that's pretty much it at the position. Gasicki, maybe. I mean, if if he is he good, or what do you think? Is he contending or is he kind of rebuilding still? He's in a rebuild. I think you there's. Think? I, I think there's there's potential. Mm-hmm. But I'm as I look through it, I'm trying to gauge where I get excited. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, I think to me... He's got name question, brand names. He does. And I think you're probably right. He should probably maybe rebuild. But, like, I don't know if we've seen any indication that that's the route he wants to go. 
I don't think we see it in round of, I don't think we have any indication where he's trying to go get it either. There's yeah. a very kind I mean, of, the, eh, the, the deck, right now. the deck Prescott, unless you're just spooked by him, that kind of just to me tilts more towards win now. Cause you're getting a quarterback in golf that maybe you like, but then two wide receivers that maybe you'd like to help contend. I mean, his wide receiver court, like this is fine. If you're a contender, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, you know, guys like Josh Palmer, Donovan People Jones are okay flex options. You know, Curtis Samuel, he's been solid. Cortland Sutton, not the best year, but you still feel okay about him, I'm guessing. And then Kelvin Ridley is a big wild card in how he comes back. Like all all things considered, that wide receiver core, I think you can contend with. Do you agree? I think it's just a lot outside of Scary Terry and maybe DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk has been great in Jacksonville. I, I eat crow yeah. saying that I think he was overpaid. He I still think he's overpaid. Sure. With it, but he's he's produced. Donovan Peoples Jones, not really excited to start. Yeah. Josh Palmer, no. not really excited to start. Corey Davis, no. Sammy Watkins, no. Um Curtis Samuel, I said him. Calvin Ridley. I don't know what Calvin Ridley we're gonna see coming back. Oh yeah. That's Cortland a huge Sutton, question mark. Cortland Sutton has been uh, lost, but so is the whole entire Denver offense. Yep. Duvernay, eh. Mims, eh. Callaway, eh. Uh, Jalen Rieger, eh. Like, I'm not even going to mention fucking dumpster fire that sits there. Fuck you, Nikki Larry. Um, but I mean, I think with the wide receiver core, it's good I enough it's if the other, to move pieces, other parts are around. It's easier to move pieces. Now, with that being said, I also think that you can go through and for a contender, you can turn around and look at sending a Cortland Sutton and one of these third round picks and trying to get a bigger pick back with it. Yeah, I, I, again, it's these these middle tier pieces that I don't think there's not a piece on his roster that I would be trading any maybe. And again, receiver core. Sorry, Scary Terry might be the closest thing to fetching a first round pick. On his wide receiver core. Yeah, I think... Outside well, of that, and, there's nothing that's even sniffing it. I think DJ Moore, he might be underselling a little bit. But I think that's just a testament. Well, I mean, sure. But I think wide receivers are kind of hard to, like, sell and buy in general just because how many options there are the position. Unless you got, like, a it's real... A saturated position. Unless you have, like, a real, like, top-tier stud, like a Jefferson or, a, you know, a Jamar Chase or, you know, a few other guys... It's just, it's hard to justify going from, you know, a Terry McLaren to a, uh, a CD Lamb. Like, do you really, is there enough incentive for you to like drop down or drop, like pivot up? Um, maybe, um, you know, or just, you know, just going from one tier to another, I think at the wide receiver position, it's it's hard to justify. I just, this team, where this team's at build-wise right now, I'm... I'm not envious of this or jealous of where he's at. Not yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's it, it's just it's in, it'll be interesting to see where Amon takes it. Um, on the flip side, though, I mean, having three first in 2025, even though it is 2025, like our league just first round draft picks of late, just it's been very difficult to see them moved. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, maybe at our Armand sits on these picks, or you know, maybe. He double downs and we see him try to push towards contender status because, you know, I mean, there's probably a lot of running backs you could trade for, yep. you know, a tight end. Maybe you could find one of those. Then all of a sudden, I mean, 
if you squint, you know, if you kind of look at it a little bit, you know, closely, maybe you can see the roster kind of being feisty and contending, but it's a tough spot to be in as is. And yeah, again, I, he definitely has trade pieces available to him to move. Yeah. His issue is, is you're not going to fetch the talent or the draft capital you want to put yourself in a feel good situation. It's, I think that's just what it is. Yeah, man, it's it's hard to argue with that. I agree with that assessment. I mean, I th- I think he can trade most of these players for third round draft picks. Problem is, is he has third round draft picks. A lot. Well, of them. yeah, I mean, I think it, I think some of these guys can get a bit more than a third, but more or less than two. Yeah, more with without take t- take Terry off. I already said Terry's closest to the more, board. more. Okay, like if right. yeah, a hundred, a, a lot more. For a sec- Kirk, I can see for a second. Um, Calvin Ridley, I just because of what he's done, I give the respect that it would be a second. Duvernay, I don't think it's a second. He's a third for me. Nikhil Harry's a fourth. Sutton border second. Moore's DJ Moore's a second. I'll give you that one. So I'm at three. But that's it. I think those are the only three. Curtis Samuel. Your silence says it all. Let's move on. I think we okay. kind of talked a lot about Ad- Armand. Excuse me. Um, I think they're he's the te- he's one of the biggest teams to watch though, because um, it could go a, a lot of different ways. But I think at the bare minimum, Armand needs to be making moves. I, I think if he sits on his hands, um, his team could be in a very precarious spot um, in terms of just players losing a lot of value or players not working out or missing your window to potentially go for it. So I, I think Armand's got to be one of the more aggressive teams this offseason. All right, uh, that brings us to the next team, uh, picking at 1.5. And this team has their first, one of the few teams in the first round. Uh, Nick Ruth, how do you feel about his team going into the offseason? Oh, he's got two firsts, which, mm-hmm. is, which is great. His first and obviously Stephens, which still has yet to have a – It'll be somewhere between oh, nine, and, somewhere between nine and twelve. Pick mm-hmm. nine and twelve, and actually, I think it can't be pick nine. It'll be somewhere between pick ten and twelve. All right, so let's start with tiebreaker. with Nick's new love child in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I love what I've seen out of growth and development in Trevor Lawrence in year two. I think he's taken some decently big steps forward. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. Going from QB 23 to QB 6 overall. Um, big fantasy production, but they gave him a couple weapons. Yeah. What a novel concept. You give a decent quarterback weapons and look what he can do. Big time. Um, you've got Justin Herbert, who I think is just having a, a down season. Yep. I don't think there's anything more to say than hey, it's just a it's just a down season. Um, but that's those are his two options at quarterback. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um no so this is this is where this is an opportunity for him. And this is where we see maybe him address the situation. Mm-hmm. But with that also being said, there is a gap at running back two. We have Kenneth Walker, who's been an absolute stud, but that's the only running back on his roster. That's it. This is a huge opportunity for, for Nick in this team. Yeah. I think that's the that's the piece that and again Nick doesn't that's the last piece Nick will address. I've known Nick for so many years. We've had so many pods for him. 
it's the running back on a rebuild is the last piece he's going to address. Period. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what it is, and I, I don't fault him. Running backs come, they go, but we've got Garrett Wilson. Love this, this uh, this Cade Otten kid coming out of nowhere, making making connections with Brady. We'll see what happens to his situation. Um, Cooper Cup, great piece. Drake London, great piece. Uh, where else are we at? Chris Olave, great piece. Mechie, we're gonna see where he kind of fits. And yep. then you've got Kyle Pitts. That's a big name, young talent squad. Big time. I, I don't think I I think that's the best way to do it. That's that's those are pieces to build around. And when we're talking that you've got one on the IR, two on the pup, three with a questionable status, four on IR. I mean and then you've got a couple guys healthy. That's that covers this Tyler Conklin, Isaiah Likely, you know, Kate Otten. That covers those pieces. The viscous Chenault coming out of that. If Nick has the ability to address the running back situation, especially because Nick has a couple first round draft picks, some three seconds, Nick is probably. Oh man. 2025 draft Nick might not have any pieces left depending on how this this next draft goes for him. I think Nick is 2 years out max from being well established in a power position in your division. Yeah, I mean I think with Nick's team you definitely like the foundation. You rattled off a lot of good names. Even forgot some names. I mean guys like Rashad Bateman, Nico Collins, there's intrigue with them um zach Ertz, he's old he's a tight end but he's kind of mr reliable when he is out there um i think for nick the question is how aggressive is he going to be um because when you look at how like his team finished this year um he tried his damnedest to get the first overall pick and he just kept moving back in the standings um you know it makes you kind of wonder should he have maybe been trying to be a contender or at least maybe going for pieces um so that's the question Sold off almost every piece that could potentially get points. Yeah, no, I, I mean, mean it's just his Godwin. big studs. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, the point is like his young guys did keep producing. Yep. But as we've seen, we've seen it so many times. You know, we saw last year with Sam's team, like kind of the first true rebuilding team in our league. You know, these young studs, they can be unproven and they can like have up and down flows. I mean, we do like a Garrett Wilson, we like a Drake London, we like a Chris Olave, but like, they, we just saw it with Kyle Pitts this year. If a bad team doesn't have a quarterback or they go a different route or whatever, that can impact their production. You know, Kyle Pitts, I think we, I speak for you when we say we love him, but like we saw him and his production lack, call it whatever you want to call it, the offense, a second year slump, quarterback, whatever it is. But I don't think it's, I don't think you can pencil in Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and be like, yep, these guys are studs. Even Kenneth Walker, I mean, who knows with the Seattle offense and how, you know, Pete Carroll wants to build it. I mean, he, you know, by injuries with Rashad Penny, we saw him take this, you know, a bigger um, step into the limelight for this team and and he did produce. But who knows how his situation is going to be? It's true. I mean, I think the quarterbacks, yeah, you feel 100% confident on. Cup, I expect him to make a recovery and I expect with or without Stafford him to come back and be a stud. 
Um, everyone else, though, I mean, it's not question marks that I'm saying they're going to be bad players. It's question marks in the sense that when are they going to be good, consistent, proven options? It could be next year. It could be in two years. It could be in three years. I don't know. But I think that's the question mark for Nick. Do you kind of wait and let those guys develop? Do you maybe like look to push and, you know, maybe accelerate your, you know, rebuild? Um, you know, we just talked about Adam's team, or excuse me, Armand's team. I, I'm sorry. Damn, Armand, two I keep for two there. Yeah. But like, do you like look to pivot like a, I mean, I don't know, a Drake London into a Terry McLaren? Probably not. No. But like, is is that something like that you consider if you're Nick? Do you try to like upgrade your wide receiver for someone a little bit more consistent? You've got, you know, basically two first and two seconds, three seconds, excuse me. One first and two of the seconds look to be late, but you have some ammo. Do you use those guys to maybe acquire some vets to help you? I don't know. Nick's an intriguing team, and I'm curious if he's going to play the conservative role and wait. Um, you know, this division looks very strong this year. So if he does wait and his guys don't kind of develop, maybe he could kind of fall down the wayside quickly and it might be another lost year. Um, on the flip side, maybe he goes for it and maybe he can jump out of the pack and be a contender. Or maybe he does nothing and his team is still a contender. I don't know. Um, but Nick's another very interesting team, I think, this year. Okay. So so we're going to play these impromptu games because this yeah. is what we do in this. Yep. So I'll give you a guy on his roster. Uh-huh. Superstar, borderline superstar, star, average, don't buy it. Where do you think their career trajectory has gone off of what you've seen so far? Okay. Okay. So I, I we'll start with Garrett Wilson. I think he has superstar potential. Yeah. Okay. All right. K. Dotton. <laughs> Depth. Okay. Kenneth Walker. I think... Above average RB two guy, ideally. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, and like, just be real with where you think these guys could land. I I say a high end RB two, okay. maybe with injuries, some RB one seasons. Okay, Nico Collins, depth piece. Drake London. I I think he has superstar potential, but I'm not sure if he gets there. Okay. I think he's I think he's Nick's uh biggest boomer bust guy at his okay. wide receiver position. Chris Olave. He's a locked and loaded star for sure, I think, but I don't know if he's like a superstar. Okay. John Mechie. Obviously, we haven't seen things, yeah. but like, where do you. I mean, beforehand, I would have said depth piece. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he'll return from cancer, so I'll stick with still depth piece. Finally, Kyle Pitts. Superstar. I think okay. he. Kyle Pitts has the potential to break fantasy. Break dynasty. He's young. He plays the tight end position. It doesn't take much to just be broken. I will ride that Kyle Pitts train to the day I die. So you think end of Pitts' career, is he the number one tight end in all of football? Like he retires as like the best retires tight end. Retires as time. above Tony Gonzalez, above Rob Gronkowski, above those I mean, guys. I think his I think his raw numbers will be above those guys. Okay. Whether he'll be valued above them is another question the game's just changing so much but yep i mean it's when he was 21 years old he went for a thousand yards i mean this year wasn't great you know barely eclipsed 300 but quarterback i i have a lot of optimism for him okay i'm just thank you for playing my game absolutely i'm glad to humor you small moments all right 
And let's move on to the last team, and that's it's me. It's another Nick team. Uh, how, do you, how are you looking at my team uh, going into the offseason and the future? All right. So two years ago, mm-hmm. you had the greatest fucking quarterback situation on the face of the planet. Yeah. What happened? Um, Deshaun Watson likes getting happy endings. Russell Wilson got too big for his britches and forgot to be a, you know, put the team first. Maybe Kyler Murray's been fine, but yeah, that was a tumultuous two-year stretch for me. And and, and now was... now Murray has a torn ACL. Yep. So <clears throat> the first question I'll ask you, and I guess I'll like give input alongside of you, so to speak. Okay. Your quarterback situation is it at all concerning to you? Um, for next year, just because of the Kyler Murray unknown, I'll say yes. Okay. Um, could be concerning just because who knows how that goes, but long-term, no, I'm not concerned. Which, which of the three quarterbacks, well, I guess between Watson and Murray, which do you feel more confident about carrying you through the next two years? Probably Watson, just because of the short window and the ACL injury for Murray. Okay. All right. Um, so then I look at your running backs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Raheem Mostert had a great week. Damien Harris, obviously, is having some issues. And then Dalvin Cook is a, is a superstar. And then we've got Javante Williams. And Javante Williams, obviously, knee injury. Don't like to see ACLs and LCL tears. That's a little rough. Does any of that concern you for Javante Williams and his ability to be productive six, seven weeks into next season? Uh, I mean, it's so hard to say. I think I'm definitely concerned with him in the short term. Um, You know, I think next year could see him eased on. Um, But, I mean, we did see, you know, his rookie year, you know, he was really splitting carries with, Melvin Gordon, and he still managed to finish very productive, you know, as a decent middling RB2. Um, So I think that's kind of what I'm expecting for him, best case, once he does get back. Um, I'd imagine whether they retain Latavius Murray or bring someone in, um, he's not going to just be asked to be the guy right away. Um, But I think, assuming this offense can kind of rebound a little bit, I think he'll probably be like, I don't know, an RB2 flex option once he really gets into it, assuming the team brings him along a little bit slowly next year. And the other piece that I missed, which I apologize for, is is one of your rookies with Brian Robinson. Tells you. Where do you, where do you, like, I mean, so he got out-touched, not out-touched, I'm sorry, that's that's the wrong word. He did have 12 carries for 89 yards, mm-hmm. but he only thought saw 38% of the snap share because Antonio Gibson is the preferred wide receiving back out of there. Yeah. Does any piece of having Robinson not having Gibson as obviously I'm I'm the Gibson owner concern you with how he could grow to be just a first second down back yeah I mean I think it doesn't really concern me if that's what he ends up on because I took him in the third round so I didn't he's I'm not relying on him to be like my number one guy um you know I've got to look elsewhere to be that if he can somehow get there great but I mean if I if he's just a flex option it's a slam dunk if we get that guy like that in the third round. So I'm okay with that. I think he's someone that's improved a bit on, with the season as he's come back from the gunshot wound. So 
I'm optimistic with him. He, he looked pretty good in his touches last night. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about him. So it's, but it's fair to say that Dalvin Cook, um, Javante Williams, and Brian Robinson are your three guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I think... overall, like if Cook can stay healthy, mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's a very good three pieces to have from a running back perspective. Yeah, I mean, Cook is obviously interesting. I mean, he's going to be 28 in the offseason, and, you know, we'll see what that means. I think we've been conditioned for running backs to be like, oh, their career's over when they turn 27, 28, 29. But, you know, we're still seeing, you know, guys like Derrick Henry, you know, guys like, you know, um, I'm I'm blanking on names right now. Um, We've seen, like, guys continue to succeed, and I think it's because good players just, stay good you know a little bit longer um and i think delvin cook is a good player so we'll see how that goes but he's he's an interesting option if i do go down towards contending i obviously want to keep him if you know i look to maybe pivot back and rebuild or look towards the future maybe he's a piece that i explore um to see what's out there in the market yeah and i think i mean the fact that you have so much running back depth kind of leads me to my next piece where you have a couple decent I think wide receiver might be the biggest opportunity for your team. It, Michael Thomas obviously is on IR. Michael Thomas is Antonio Bryant 2.0, but less scary. Um, <laughs> you've you've got T. Higgins, who is playing second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Yep. You have Brandon Ayuk, who has who plays second fiddle to Debo. Yep. I I think Jerry Judy's the guy. Like I think Judy is better than Cortland Sutton. I think he's got more options. Um. But, dude, outside of that, the only receiver you you have two other receivers, Quintez Watkins and this Tyquan Thornton dude, who yep. is not really seen. I, it, in my opinion, this is the opportunity for your roster to really expand. Yeah. With some of the additional lack of depth pieces mm-hmm. and some of the running back fat you could potentially chew off. That's an interesting uh, analogy, but I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think wide receiver, it's wide receiver's got a blessing and a curse. Like everyone wants to have like an elite option at the position. Um, but if you don't, you know, I think you can be savvy and, you know, make do like with other options or kind of go bargain shopping. So we'll see. I mean, it, it depends. Like if I want to contend, I do think I probably need another wide receiver. Um, or I'm, you know, playing risky games with just four guys, basically counting Michael Thomas. But, um, if not, you know, if I look to rebuild, you know, maybe I, you know, can try to get younger at the position, get some guys with better upside. Um, I, I, I don't hate the four guys that I have, but I know I probably need at least one more piece, um, or some guys with upside and depth. Um, if I look more towards the future. Do you think that the reason contending teams, so, I mean, when we get to the four teams in the playoff, have star-studded number one key wide receivers is the reason that they might have the advantage over you right now? Mm, I don't know. I don't think there's one position that you look and you see teams, like, have to have. I think within each position, you see um, guys that give you a big advantage, like, Maybe you're lacking at wide receivers, but you have like a guy like a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey. That's a pretty big advantage, like usually this year. You know, maybe you don't have good quarterbacks, but you have like a Christian McCaffrey. 
or maybe you don't have good wide receivers, but you have a Jalen Hurts or yep. you know Patrick Mahomes. So I think I, I think for me, like the reason why I'm not in the playoffs is my quarterback play was just super inconsistent this year. You know, that's when I had those three guys, like Mahomes was suspended most of the year. It didn't work out um, with him, but with Murray and uh, Murray was okay when he was healthy, but you know, Russell Wilson really let me down. Um, and yeah, then Russell when, Wilson was your big downfall. Yeah. And then when Watson got back, you know, he's shaking off the rust. I mean, I'm just hoping he can kind of round into form at the end of the season. So next year can be, you know, hopefully him back in his top 10 self that we've seen him been, um, for at least the start of his career. Yeah, and the last piece to cover on your team, obviously, is I, I like to move by positions. I, you move, I know you move differently. Yep. Uh, tight end. Andrew's mm-hmm. great. Dolchich, I think, has a very bright future if um, <clears throat> Russell Wilson can take his head out of his ass. David Njoku, <laughs> we've seen some amazing things from this year. And then, obviously, you have Darren Waller. Yeah. So those are some big, big names on the tight end front. Mm-hmm. Um, of those four guys, who would you say you're most excited about? And would you say you're curious as to if they're reeling at all? If they're what at all? They would be reeling, like somebody you're not 100% confident in the gotcha. future that they have in the NFL. I mean, I'm really excited about Greg Dolchich for the fact that he is a rookie. And we've seen, you know, with with all positions, you got to like kind of look at like different spots to see their success um, or see like reasons to get excited about, you know. Maybe for running backs, it's just production. For wide receivers, maybe you want to see targets. You know, for tight ends, like, it's pretty rare to produce as a rookie. But seeing kind of like the target share and what you're getting done on routes, like, that's kind of exciting. Um, So Dolchich has definitely been someone that I think has shown a lot of glimpses that he can maybe be like a Dallas Goddard, you know, a Darren Waller, a, you know, David Njoku, like, not quite a super duper elite option like a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey, but like still a really nice piece. So for a rookie, again, someone in the third round to get someone like that, that's, you know, excitement because it's the young piece. There's unknown. So that's that's fun to see. I mean, I'm not really concerned about any of the tight ends, but if you're forcing me to pick one, I guess Darren Waller. Um, but, you know, Darren Waller, he missed what, like the last... The last 10 weeks and he just scrolls onto the field and just balls out for 15 points and is a top eight tight end um, on the week. So I I feel good about him still. But I guess if you're forcing me to pick someone that I don't feel good about, it's it's him by process of elimination. Yeah. I mean, your draft capital, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds and a fourth. I have a feeling you're going to be trading some of these players and or dropping certain, again, large fat running backs. <laughs> Ty Johnson, Dearness Johnson, like some of these guys that are helping you like for depth. Yep. Or you're going to be trading these picks because we both know that by the time you make the pick, you got to have the roster space. Big time. Yeah. So, no, and I mean, it's it's yeah. nice too with the picks. I'm um, having Zane, you know, God bless the loss. But yep. the, Correct. The there you go. Now. It could have been the 12th pick. So that's, I have one six, one eight, two three, and then two eight. Um, some earlier draft capital um, in the top 20 picks of the next year's deeper draft. So that'll be fun to play with. Yeah, I was saying, I'm, I'm sure you're sitting down. And once we get into draft analysis season, this is where I think you, me, and Nick are going to have a lot of fun if Nick ever decides that Tuesday nights work for him or if well, only if, do those if, days. If, if my kid's schedule cooperates with well, his yeah. I mean, you, 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 both, you guys both like have families. Alter- 
Yeah, we yeah. alternate. You guys both have families. I worry about the fact that how full is my glass of vodka? <laughs> and that is where I become the I'm the anchor in this podcast, not in the sense that I'm fat and out of shape. But the fact that I don't have a life and you I care about all you all of you guys so much that this is what my life is built around. Um, but no, I think that's a that's a good team analysis. I think there's these bottom six that are gonna be picking here are gonna be worthy of seeing what happens. I think some more than others. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few of the six we've covered that are very underwhelming. I think there's two that you can get really, really excited about. And we'll kind of see what happens over the next two years. Yeah, I mean, one thing I just want to touch base yeah, on for the Avengers division is next year going to be the toughest division that we've seen in our league in what'll be the fifth year um, ever for this Avengers division. When you look at all the teams and how they're kind of shaping up, at least at this point, one hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, Nick is I. You and Nick, I go back and forth between as to who's going to be challenging this jerry zane sam kind of like tier yep for it i mean we'll get into to part well, of this plenty part. of time to go yeah, yeah. break that down but just there, in general a, yeah i mean you top five depending on the production that it can get what you can do out of the guys that you have established on your roster sorry i'm on you're fucking last dude well it's it'll be interesting and it also means especially if our man does want to contend you know is there a window if myself or you know maybe even nick or maybe a surprise zane sam or um uh, jerry takes a step back and for whatever reason maybe tries to retool and you know all of a sudden someone's got to finish like last and that person at the very least is going to be picking four but who knows could maybe be picking three or two depending on how you know some other teams in the other division shake out so there's some interesting potential a lot of interesting pieces that play around here i mean i think Armand's still on the bottom of this, but I think they're. I think next year we see a top three team that made the playoffs the last couple of years be replaced. I was just going to ask, do you think someone breaks through? So you, you, you'll say yes, at least one. I do. I'd say at least one does. Early call with the Justice League, does someone break through? I don't think there's enough between me, Chris, and Steve to be that over convincing. I. I personally feel with where I'm at, I'm still a couple steps ahead of the other two. Yep. But I, again, I'm the coolest fucking cat. I'm going to make the fucking playoffs. All right. No fuck shit. I didn't. <laughs> um, Stefan's roster has me concerned for the longevity. Okay. Well, we, I, we can go more in depth on them, but I just yeah. quick kind of, we, we'll be talking about some of those teams in the coming weeks, yeah, depending no, on when they it, get eliminated. The Avengers definitely better than where the Justice League started out. Which is funny because you remember the justice league at the start of the year or start of the league remember like was people like, we, we need to redo it like yes. this isn't fair and these have now, a way of kind of yep. ebbing and flowing and working out and we're gonna have these i mean this all oh, started yeah. with sam selling yep sam started the whole ebb and flow and kudos to you buddy for saying i'll lose my money for the first couple of years but here i come yep all right well let's move on to the thing the goal that you're supposed to do and that's to win the game we had two teams or two games last week and, you know, two teams were victorious and two teams went through. Um, let's look at the Kevin and Stefan game. Um, wasn't very close, but, you know, what are kind of your takeaways from this week with, with Kevin going home and Stefan moving on? Uh, this is Jonathan Taylor 1.0. Like Jonathan Taylor getting injured was absolutely hurtful. On the flip side, my guy Kirky 
up in uh, Minnesota, balled out. He had like two points at that time. No, he was negative two at one point in time. And then he decided to take his head out of his ass, put the icy chain on, and fucking go to school. And he did good. Uh, Juwan Johnson, shout out to him. Yeah. That was big play. Kudos with that. Um, didn't get a whole lot of production out of his running backs, but he got a lot of production out of, I mean, Latavius Murray, yes. And I mean, six, Jones, out of, yes, but, six out of his 10 starters scored over 20 points. Which you got to love. But, but I think just short. the the pieces on Kevin's side were there. They were just not enough with that. Jonathan Taylor going down hurts. Gabe Davis didn't see the target share that he needed to. Mike Williams took a back seat. Um, Kelsey and Henry did their job. Yes. But you, he started Rashad white. Yeah. And he started Zay Jones on on his bench. It's great. It wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. But Zay Jones, Evan Ingram had great weeks. He did sit Oconquo which was probably a good decision for 12, but you definitely should have started Zay Jones. I think there was just Higby at 14 on Stefan's bench. Just too much on Stefan's roster. Too much. Yep. Too much. I mean, I thought Steph or I thought, I thought Kevin would do it, but did not just, just didn't have the, the horses, you know, kudos nope. to Stefan's team. He, um, we got, or I got, you know, maybe a little bit down on it, but his team, has a lot of dog in it and definitely still has pieces that he can compete with anyone. I mean, 190 points, that's, I mean, I'd have to look at it, but definitely a top 15 score um, probably of all time in the league. So to do that in the playoffs, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, and then we move on to the next game, and that was Zane taking on Jerry. And, man, for all the talk about tight end play and who Zane was going to start, kind of funny that Jerry was the one that got a big oh, squad douche, oh, oh. and Jordan oh. Aikens goes for almost 13. And that almost was the difference maker. It could have been. I mean, Pratt Firemuth, like, uh, there's, did Firemuth didn't have a goose egg on the entire season in games that he played. And he gets a goose egg Fantasy against football. the fucking Carolina Panthers of all teams. But Ramondre Stevenson, big game. Jalen Hurts, monster game. With that Pacheco, Metcalf, eh, whatever. St. Brown 15, I think, is very, very doable. Um, very respectable from a wide receiver's perspective. Waddle had 20. Love that. Brock Purdy, you Purdy. called it. That was the yeah. start to make. That helps because mm-hmm. – oh, shit, hit my mic, sorry. Tannehill, 10. Darnold, 13. Jerry, fucking listen to the pod. The pizza gods, the, the fantasy gurus coming through with it. Fournette had 11, so I'm feel, I feel really good about the fact that I suggested that. But, yep. I, I mean, Romeo Dobbs had 10. Uh, this Shahid guy caught big touchdown pass. Was that the one from fucking dipshit? Yes, it was, sir. I fucking hate that guy so much. But when we look at the other side, I mean, Zane, Aaron Rodgers, I think is done. His career is <sighs> over. Like, can we just... I, that's not from a Bear fan, like, saying those things he 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 doesn't have the weapons and he can't get it done i mean it's so hard to say like when is someone truly done i don't know i mean is it is i mean we've seen rogers will shittier players than romeo dobbs christian watson alan lazard to be a very successful fantasy quarterback but i mean father time's undefeated and maybe you know 
Rodgers is still a good quarterback, but he also maybe needs a great wide receiver. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, other pieces. Miles Sanders, 1.9 points. Yeah. You want to know Want to know a fun, but, yeah. Yeah. real fun moment? I, yes. I mean, I was watching it. A huge probably turning point for this game. Miles Sanders, that was like third and one on the, the third and third and one on the one yard line to score a touchdown. Get stuffed. Very next play. Rush it with Jalen Hurts up the middle. That was, you know, a yep. 10 point swing. Yeah. Or 12 point swing. You know, that's it's a small thing. Bend, you know, who knows butterfly effect stuff, but like just a little thing like that. It was, you know, funny seeing those two matchups. Devante, 6.8. Hopkins for 13. McKinnon going against Pacheco, who's on Jerry's roster, mm-hmm. outscores him by 26 points. Yeah, and kudos to Zane for going with a McKinnon swap over Evans. Otherwise, this wouldn't have been a, a contest. Yeah, that correct. was a late swap. In. Late swap. Yep, good, good, good managerial skills. But I, Russell Gage on the bench, I'm never going to fault him for. No, no. Monty in. Yeah, I. The Monty uh, yeah, piece we, I respect. I, but like, I mean, who I think are you going right, to No, I think that's the right decision. Yeah, 100%. exactly. I, I, mean, I think that's 100% the right decision. Yeah, I mean, but maybe Miles Sanders gets over Sanders. I don't know. Biggest yeah. disappointment on the week for Zane, and that's the reason we lost. Big and time. I own Miles Sanders in a week where I fucking won in a different league with yeah. Zane in it, so that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I did not play his team nearly as stacked as Jerry, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's bummer for, for Zane. I mean, you, you had a big, you know, week from some players, but, you know, a guy like Miles Sanders just letting you down. Like, you know, Devontae Adams just going for 6.8 points. You know, if he sleepwalks to 20 points, you know, this is a different story. And we, we've seen Adams do that a lot. Um, you know, of course, Rodgers, I mean, just a bummer. But, I mean, I think you got to give Jerry credit for you know, what his team did, uh, putting up uh, almost 160 points. You're not going to lose too often doing that. Yeah, correct. But, I mean, kudos to those two guys that did pull out one, Stefan and Jerry. Big dubs. Big dubs. Oh, yeah. Big dubs. And, I mean, well, let's just jump into the next, you know, the matchup previews for Week 16. And let's keep it rolling with Jerry. We got to start right with, you know, the unfortunate bitter reality. I mean, is Jalen Hurts going to play this week? Uh, no. That might be the the $600 question or That that very well could be the $600 question right now. Sideline on Tuesday. You don't feel great about it. I mean, Dallas, you need him against Dallas. I understand Dallas got beat by Jacksonville. I get Mm -hmm. that. I love Gardner Minshew. I am all about supporting the stash. (laughs) But... When you need when when Dallas still has a shot at your one seed in the division, you want your guy under Jason Kelsey taking the ball back and slinging it to where he needs to sling it. But they Gardner only Minshew, need to win one game, one of three. But the one issue of is three. The, but Cowboys, Saints, how, and Giants. Yes, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. Which means, hold on, I gotta. I have to pull up Dak Prescott. <laughs> Eagles, Titans, Commanders. The Saints I mean, game is obviously okay the walk. easiest. The, the, no, the Saints game is the easiest for the Eagles, 100%. Yes. Yep. So is, if this is a – go ahead, Dallas. Take care of business. Put us where you want to. We're still going to be better than you. Number one fantasy 
tight end in football or Jesus Christ, the number one fantasy quarterback in football right now. Number one overall player in football. Yeah, I mean, it's a big hit if you're Jerry and you don't have him. It's a huge hit because I mean, if we're being honest, you're obviously going to start Purdy. You know, yes, he's a no-brainer. Like he, with or without Hurts, you know, going up against Washington. But then, I mean, is Sam Darnold the the guy? You know, going up against the Detroit team. You know, it's you're looking at Tannehill maybe against Houston. You're looking at Kenny Pickett, maybe. Tannehill against Houston is so juicy just because it's Houston. Yeah. But after seeing what they did last week, keeping a team close, reeling them in, you don't feel great. Yeah, Houston's been sneaky feisty the last couple weeks. So I I don't know. Like, I I don't envious having to seriously debate Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, correct. I mean, obviously, we move into running backs. And for the record, fuck sleeper. It doesn't update till 1 a.m. So Nick and I are doing these like with schedules and players. This is stupid. Well, we know his one, two, you know, yes. some order. It's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. It's going to be James Conner. Yes. You, you have to start them. Those guys, they're pretty much bell cow backs at this point. Conner doesn't yep. have a great matchup, though. You know, no, he does not. That's, nope. That's not ideal. I, Ramondre against the Bengals is decent, but it's not something I'm going to get excited about. No. Who does Green Bay play? Dolphins on Sunday noon. Thankfully, they're in for they're in Miami, so it's not going to be cold as shit. No, that could be an interesting high-scoring game. Yes. I mean, who do you start between Watson and uh, Romeo Dobbs at this point? I mean, it's it's a coin flip at the current moment. Christian Watson, four great weeks, fucking nothing. Because, I mean, Dobbs, or actually, I guess real quick, yeah. St. Brown, Metcalf, Waddle, you got to start those guys, right? Uh, uh, they're, no those are not benchable pieces on Cherry's team. Freemuth, obviously, you're, I think you're still starting him. Still starting him regardless of what happened. I, I mean, Bears play. For, for Jerry. Oh, God, the Bears play the fucking Bills. Sick commit. <laughs> yeah. It's the last two flex spots. I mean, it's Watson, it's Dobbs, it's Pacheco, it's Sunday Jamal night Williams. the Steelers. Yeah. Do you really Lions? Want to no, I think this is a so so. I Jamal Williams, I I have him in the league, mm-hmm. and this is where all good stories start. He's got, he's a must start for me. Jerry has luxury of him being flex worthy. Yep, but the guy he leads the league in rushing touchdowns. And he would have had one had it there not been a penalty, but either way. Um, yeah. Also, did you see the bullshit with the fucking um, commander's receiver and the, and the referee? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Fucking just brutal. But anyways, um, I mean, I think Jerry's got a lot of good matchups on the roster here. Yeah. I think the- he does. There's a lot of good matchups there. Those the last two flex spots and who he goes at the super flex spot is is a tough one. Yep. You know, it's, that, it's that makes or break him. It's Tannehill and Darnold, and then it's which Packers receiver Jamal Williams or Pacheco do you go with? Yep. I, I I lean. I think Pacheco has to probably be in the lineup. I would agree. But then between Jamal Williams, Christian Watson, or Romeo Dobbs. I don't know. I, I, I literally don't think first. I can pick one. 
it's it's that's an end zone play for me. And I, I lean on. Watson or Williams before Dobbs. I think I lean Watson or Dobbs, if only because I think you need with if you're down hurts, and that's the assumption that I think you yes, got correct. Yeah, we're we're assuming I, that. I think you need to swing for the fences. Like Jamal Williams, like yeah, he could get like a three touchdown game, but like if anyone on between these three are going to go for thirty points, I think it's going to be either Watson or Dobbs. I don't think it's going to be Jamal Williams, at least me personally. So I think I, I I roll the dice with one of those guys for the higher upside, but I, I couldn't tell you if it's Watson or Dobbs who, yeah, who's more I, likely. I, to I think time. it's Watson and Williams is my play. Okay. That's me, but yeah, he, goes no, against, he goes against Sam. Yeah, he goes up against Sam, you know, the number one seed in the um, the Avengers division. And, I mean, for Sam, there's there's a lot of cut and dry options. You know, yes. he's starting Joe Burrow. He's starting Justin Fields. He's starting Christian McCaffrey. I mean, with or without Jalen Hurts, I think you have to start A.J. Brown at this point. Um, you know, I think, obviously, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end, you're starting him. And I think you're probably starting C.D. Lamb. So then from there, that leaves you with you need one running back and then you need like three flex spots. And you have a lot of options. A lot of options. You got Travis Etienne. You got Zeke. You got DeAndre Swift. You got Amari Cooper. You got Deontay Johnson. You got Devontae Smith. Um, Six guys to fill three spots. Um, Again, Sam, you know, this is kind of a wealth of riches. You know, who do you go with? And I didn't even mention Alvin Kamara. I mean, this could, he's potentially an option as well. Um, going up against Cleveland. In fact, he, he probably is the, the no brainer guy that I forgot. So it's really six guys for two spots. If you go Kamara at RB two, um, it's tough. I, I don't know who Sam goes in this flex spot with. You know, so my those, question for you is, would you rather yeah. have more players that can play the positions then spots you have available or being able to fit the right guys in with not a whole lot of exciting depth. Being able to, what does that even mean? Being okay. able to fit the right guys. So, in. so you, so you said Sam's got six guys for two spots. Yeah. Jerry might have two guys for, th- or three guys for two spots. Right. Which one do you feel better about making the decision on? Do I mean, want to have, I'd rather want to have six guys or would you rather have three and make your decision? I can go 30. I got a 66.7 chance of not fucking this up versus I have a one in six shot. Cause I can't do the math of one in six in my head really quick. Um, do I have a one in six shot at fucking this up? How about this? Would you rather like try to hit a home run off a T or would you rather hit, try to hit a home run? Like, in batting practice with a guy throwing like 70 at you or something. I don't know. Like, I think I rather have the wealth of riches because it's presumably just a lot of better players. Um, You know, I think Sam's these guys that Sam's considering, I think are uh, Sam wouldn't even think twice about Christian Watson or Jamal Williams this week, I think. Yeah. And I mean, that, that begs the question here is it's obviously, you know, Sam has guys that can, be good or can mm-hmm. be tough. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Weeks as low as seven. Weeks oh, yeah. As high as 18. Eh. DeAndre Swift. Weeks as low as seven. Weeks as high as 26. 
You know, yeah. you've got A.J. Dillon. Weeks as low as eight. Weeks as high as 20. There's a, like, as you get more and more options, does the matchup, does the situation, does the opportunity play into how you value and view the guy you have to start? Whereas, you know, the other guys are like, all right, this is my guy. This is the roster I've built. I don't have a whole lot of depth, but this is what I have. And here I go. Because can you outmanage yourself as a fantasy football manager by overanalyzing certain situations? Yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends. Like, to me, that's like a situation where you look at it. It's like, well, just because, like, a team doesn't have the options, like, that doesn't mean they're a good manager. Like, maybe they're a shitty manager because they're in that position and they have no depth. Um, on the flip side, like, just because you have a lot of options, like, starting, you know, Christian McCaffrey might be, or, you know, maybe not McCaffrey, that's not fair, but starting, like, Alvin Kamara, against Cleveland Browns like that might make complete absolute no-brainer sense but he still might have a tough call on benching you know maybe in Amari Cooper and now you know maybe you know a week from now we're going to be like well Amari Cooper went for 30 points and you know Elvin Kamara went for 12 like he should have switched him because Sam lost by five points it's like well no I think you just you got to like at the end of the day having depth is I think it's an overall good thing but I guess if you're not someone that can just be um, confident in your decision and live with like the results, I think it can just give you buyer's remorse, which maybe for some teams, that's not a fun spot to be in, but I rather have the depth and just live with my choice and, you know, think it's the right choice. If that makes any sense. It, oh, it does. 100%. It's just, it's fun to play devil's advocate with. Yeah. Do you like to have a set secure lineup or do you want to have, additional options to play matchups, to play situations, to have the ability to tinker and toy and essentially be the puppet master of your, of your fate. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get that. I think that's fair, but um, well, we've talked about a lot. I mean, we don't really, because sleeper didn't pivot this matchup. It's a little hard to do it, but I think it's safe to say Sam's probably the favorite. If we assume Jalen hurts is missing this week. Um, if we assume Jalen Hurts is missing this week, who are you going with? Oh, all right. I just had one of. Sorry, I have a few. Uh, a employee in the house that just closed two, four, six, eight, nine lines. Holy shit! I'm at thirty-one for the day. Holy fucking Christ! I am beside myself. All right, let me get my shit back together. Um. No hurts. Purdy obviously is the go-to. Yep. Darnold Tannehill against Texans. Means Darnold's got the Lions. Do we have better depth pieces? You might be in a situation where you might consider. I don't think you can consider Dobbs as part of that. Comet tough sledding. Gun to the head, give me Tannehill. Okay. Who who are you picking for the matchup between Sam and Jer, though? Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) Like I said, I'm distracted. I got 32 fucking lines today. That, just just for for the record, that is like a two grand payday for me. Well, that's, that's pretty darn nice. Yeah, that's pretty fucking insane for 
being a couple drinks deep at 8.47 at night. Um, the record. Right. Jalen Hurts is in. Mm-hmm. Sam. Jalen Hurts is out, Sam. <laughs> I just wanted to, yeah. I, I, I just think Sam's got too many weapons. I think it's too many matchups. It's too many pieces that can play out, like, just monster. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, no one, even the worst team in the playoffs, um, is hard to, or is, you know, someone you can bet against in the playoffs, no matter who they have out or their situation, um, because it's a one-and-done situation and crazy things happen. But give me Sam as well. I think it's just too much depth, too much talent. Um, For the most part, he looks healthy. So um, I'm going to roll with him. And... Nick Ruth is taking Sam as well. So we've got a clean sweep and the jinx on for Sam. Let's yeah, move that's, on to... it, oh, oh, go ahead. that's nope. That's one of those fun ones. Oh yeah. That's, that is very fun. Uh, which brings us then to the last match of the week. And that involves Adam taking on Stefan. How are you feeling about Stefan's team this week, Dan? Sorry. I'm still celebrating really quick. Um, <laughs> I have that wonderful, um, just cause you're all, I'm going to put you all on my page just cause this is where my, my life is is if you've ever seen monster inc when uh sully thinks boo is being put through the garbage shredder yeah. and he's like and he and he sees it and he like puts his hands to his face and he's like ah and like passes out oh that's where i'm at fucking right now all right let us go here all right Stefan, my guy the guy i picked from the beginning to do this yep. all right Dax at the eagles this is a this is a step up game for Dak. You gotta yeah. have your A game here. That's all that matters. Cousin Kirky, find the fucking skull helmet. You're playing the Giants again. Another big game for Dallas. Yep. So I like both of those. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Chubb and Jacobs. Like I said, I'm piecing this together to fly because fucking fuck you, sleeper with this chubb at the saints love it jacob steelers sunday night nfl network on the celebration of the immaculate reception love your matchup go run like the wind um mixon Bengals. you are patriots tough sled not great green bay at miami tough sled not sure i like aaron jones but could be worse Keenan Allen matchup Chargers. Uh, ooh, Monday night the Colts really like that. Really like that. Juwan Johnson does. I don't think Juwan Johnson has the ability to do what he did last week every game. It's just, it's just <laughs> you, you don't. You don't think no. you go for twenty every game. I don't game? think you go for twenty every game. It's he's come close. He's come very close a couple times. But, he only you know. scored 20 once one other time this season. Though. Yeah, but he had 17.9 in week 10, 15 in week 11, not, uh, 13.2 in week 9. So we have we have moments of shine, but I don't think that's that's the case. And I think that that hurts Stefan a little bit. I think that hurts it overall. Um, obviously, mixing you got the, the P. Ryan Hunt follow-up. Um I don't know if there's a, an additional piece outside of Stefan's current starters that I'm feeling really excited about. So he's going with what he had last week into this week. They dropped 190 points. There wasn't really any. Uh, Latavius Murray had a big explosive week at 21. Yep. 
Kirk, Kirk, going for 32 is very rare. Um, Kirk's not going to go for 32. So I think that's an overplay with what he has, but I think that might be the only overplay, especially because he had underperformance from Jacobs and Chubb, but Stefan is very capable of losing Juwan Johnson down to 12, but having it being made up by Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. So I think Stefan sitting around 175, 190 points is where his threshold is. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Stefan is starting the same roster. I think the only position to debate is tight end. And do you go? Do you consider Higby over Jawan Johnson? Um, that's really the only thing I think that's debatable. Um, you know, Jawan Johnson going up against Cleveland or um, Tyler Higby going up against Denver. I don't know who the better choice is. It's probably pretty close to a toss-up. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think, you know, He's rolling with, I think, five running backs again. Um, the question is, I think the biggest question for Stefan's team is, one, you know, can Latavius Murray kind of keep doing the production that we saw, you know, the workload option? Um, and can Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb kind of rebound? Um, Nick Chubb in particular has just been, dare I say it, a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. He hasn't broken 10 points. Um the last three weeks. So, I mean, this week against New Orleans, can he maybe rebound to a bigger productive game? Um, that'll be something to monitor. Um, Cause I think for Stefan, you know, going up against Adam, you know, they've been rivals all year, finished with the same record. Adam had the slight edge in points scored. So that's why he secured the first overall seed in the division and had the buy. But, you know, does Stefan now get the last laugh? I think to do it, Chubb has got to be the guy that steps up for him. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. All right, and then we look over, obviously, at the other team, the team that had the bye, and that is, you know, Mr. Adams' squad. And when we look at Adams' team, I think for the most part, um, you know, the first decision, or we look at the cut-and-dry options. He's starting Patrick Mahomes. He's starting Austin Eckler. He's starting Najee Harris. He's starting Justin Jefferson. He's starting Stefan Diggs. He's starting George Kittle. Those guys are all easy. He's probably starting Dalton Schultz. I don't see a better option. He's probably starting Mr. Bam, a.k.a. Mr. Zanavan Knight, uh, running back for the Jets. The last option, though, is where it gets intriguing. Um, last two options. Um, well, let's talk about, I guess, quarterback. Matt Ryan right now is the guy that he is in. There's been an interesting rumor that Ryan's going to be benched and Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback the rest of the year. Uh, that hasn't happened. Um, if it does happen, you know, is Tyler Hineke someone you consider against the the Niners? That is a god-awful matchup, so probably not. But if Ryan's out, maybe you have no choice. Um, and then the last flat flex spot, I think it's, you know, Cordero Patterson against a tough Baltimore team. Um, Dante Foreman against a tough Detroit team. Or maybe a Mac Hollins um, against um, a very or not so tough Pittsburgh Steelers team. Um, I don't know who I like um, of those three. Maybe Eileen Foreman, but I think between Patterson, Foreman, Matt Collins, and maybe even McCall Hardman you can throw in, those are just four options that aren't great. Um, but I guess I just defer to Foreman, who we've seen really have real big boom games. Yeah, I think. And the- also have a nice floor. Yeah, I, Patterson is really falling from week. grace. Yellow yeah, is bad, yeah. Patterson's really falling from grace with the emergence of some of these, you know, young guys like Tyler Rogier, Avery Williams. Yeah. Um, 
Matt Collins is the question for me. He's he's really stepped up with Hunter Renfro gone. He's seen a lot of opportunities because everybody's looking at Devontae Adams. Yeah. I feel he's too touchdown dependent to be relevant. Yeah. It's it, it I mean, and that's the tough part about this. But if you're nitpicking these last couple pieces, wasn't great. Devontae Foreman had a absolute dumpster fire last week. In negative points. So negative negative points. You're right. Yes, that is not great. Um Lose one fumble, gain nine yards. Doesn't go well for you. It, you're right. This is a bad. It's not. A, it's not a bad situation, but you don't feel great about it. And then you you got for for Adam. This is all matchup pieces. You need Kansas City to walk into Seattle and just thump them. Pittsburgh to thump Oakland. Diggs Jefferson to just have monster games. George Kittle to be Brock Purdy's savior at the end of the day. Um. Oh yeah, for Adam, this is his his, and it's how it's been most of the year. It's his top six or seven guys. You know, he needs his studs to be studs: Mahomes, Eckler, Jefferson, Diggs, Harris, Kittle. Maybe you can throw in someone like uh, Dalton Schultz in that group, but those guys need to produce. And yep. when you look at, you know, Mahomes against Seattle, Eckler against Indy, Harris against the Raiders. That's, you know, Diggs and Jefferson. I don't care who they're playing; they're going to be studs. You feel pretty decent about those matchups, I think. Yes, you you do. the The wide his top tier wide receivers have very very juicy matchups. There, Diggs could torch the Bears for fucking seven for one fifty and two with ease. But they might be playing in a blizzard. Just when they thought they were safe leaving Buffalo, they're coming to Chicago, where it could be just as bad. See, I I think I hear most of the stuff's going through at the worst on Friday. But okay. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, no, nothing's out of the question. There's nothing out of nothing out of the ordinary. I do hate the way how we pivot to Saturday games. Like, yeah, I both mean, on Saturday, it's Christmas, it's, yeah. The, but I mean, the fact that we got two, four, six, eight Saturday noon games, mm-hmm. two afternoon, one, one night game, and then we have one major time slot on Sundays, which I, I, I get the holiday and everything like that sucks. I hate when we start messing with people's time frames. This is why I also hate Thursday games. <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything else to add or should we be making the pick for who's going to prevail between Adam and Stefan? I think we should make the pick. So we didn't mention it for the, the last week, but when we look at um, the result for the season, Stefan is 2-0. and Against Adam's team. Yep. Two and zero. Yep. Does he get to three and zero? Yep. Stefan. Mister Nick Ruth is also taking Stefan. You making a points? I. You know, I made my picks beforehand. I am going with Adam. I just, I'm not betting against fucking Mahomes. I'm not betting against Diggs and Jefferson. I think Eckler. It's good enough to produce, especially in this game against Seattle or against the Colts. That I mean, I think they're they're tanking pretty bad at this point. Um, I, so those four guys, I just I think those four guys are really going to be the tone setters for Adams' team. So give me Adam this week. I don't know if it's an upset. I don't know who the favorite is because we have not had sleeper pivot to these matchups, but I like Adam. I, I'll be curious to see what the lines are tomorrow. So just because we're going to pick this. Mm-hmm. What do you think the lines are tomorrow in each game? 
I'm going to say assume, well, assuming um, Hertz gets ruled out. Yes. I don't know what his projection will be, but assuming yes. Hertz gets ruled out, I would guess Sam's favored by like maybe 15 to 18 points, 15 to 20 points, maybe. And then I would assume, I'll say Adam's favored by like two points. Okay. So I'm at, I'm at Stefan plus eight. Okay. I'm going to write this down. Yep, because I, I think this is fun. This is like this is we're going in completely blind. I'm gonna say Sam plus seventeen and Adam plus I'll say three. So you're gonna say Stefan plus eight. Yep, Stefan plus eight. And for Sam, Sam is gonna be plus twenty-three. Okay. And again, this is assuming Harris is Jalen being out. Yeah, we. Hertz might still have a projection just until he's fully ruled out. Correct. So we'll have to see, but I know he didn't practice today. And, you know, when they're already talking that he might be missing the rest yep. of the regular season, I, I, I'm really down. He plays, but you know, I guess stranger things have happened. You got it, dude. All right. Well, let's, well, it'll be fun to see another fun week. You know, who's going to get the Christmas wish that they want. And that's a birth to the championship game. And, Who's going to get a lump of coal and relegate the third place game? Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be very fun. I'm excited to see it play out. Best of luck to our four teams, Adam, Stefan, Jer, and Sam. Congratulations for making it this far. And, you know, may the best two teams win. Hell yeah.